Welcome to Simply by Grace, a podcast of Grace Life Ministries with founder and director, Dr. Charlie Bing. This podcast and other helpful resources can be found at our website, gracelife.org. Now, here's Dr. Bing. Thank you for joining us for another story in our series called Grace Stories. These are stories about how on life's journey, people encounter the love and the grace of God, and it absolutely changes their life. And you're going to see that in today's story about Adriana. She found herself all alone in the world. I think loneliness is a problem that haunts a lot of people. And we may not even know that it, but they may be all around us. And you would think that their family solves that problem. But what if your family has deserted you and left you all alone? So what do you do? Maybe like Adriana, you turn to the wrong people and the wrong ways, unhealthy ways to dull the pain. Adriana found herself without anybody in the world, and she shouted out for help into the dark void, and God heard her. So let her tell you what happened in her own grace story. I'm here today with Adriana Solis. She lives in Texas. I met her. And I heard a little bit about her story, and I knew it was one that you would want to hear also. So welcome to the podcast, Adriana. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> well, it's always a pleasure, of course. Um, let's let's let the listeners get to know you a little bit um, so that uh, we have some context. You um, live in Texas. We said that. How old are you? I'm 26 years old. 26 and grew up in what what part of town or part of Texas? In a small town called Cleburne, born and raised. Okay, born and raised in Cleburne there. And uh, you, you, the siblings, family? Yeah, so I have four siblings. And um, I'm married, so actually uh, my siblings and I aren't very close. Um, They live a different lifestyle than I do. They're not believers. Um, So I'm very close to my husband's side of the family. Um, He has uh, three siblings, and uh, we spend a lot of time with them. Okay. Okay, good. Um, well, tell us a little bit about your upbringing then. You went to public schools, uh, you went to church. Uh, what kind of things were you involved in? Okay, so um, I wasn't involved in church growing up at all. I did go to public school. I hung around the wrong um, crowd. I really wasn't interested in school at all. So my upbringing... Um, actually involved a lot of um, partying, drugs, alcohol, those types of things. And it it all first started in middle school, actually, because I was experiencing a lot of pain and hurt and a sense of abandonment um, because my parents went to prison when I was nine years old. Um, Prior prior to them going to prison, my home life 
um, with them was very traumatizing because they were abusive to one another. They had a very violent relationship. They um, were alcoholics and mm. on drugs as well, which I didn't know any of this at the time. But as mm. I, I got older, I start to um, find things out about all of that. And so um, that's kind of how my my life was my upbringing was so you had you grew up with a lot of pain and then your parents go to prison and you feel abandoned and to cover some of this and of course when we, whenever anyone's hurting they're trying to to feel better and you turn to drugs and at the very early age of middle school that's pretty early yes yes i was um 13 years old and i was hanging around like I said, the wrong, the wrong crowd. And, and I, I was actually peer pressured into trying drugs for the first mm. time. I was really scared and, um, I, I really didn't want to do it, but everyone that I was with was doing it and pressured me. So that's how it, it all started. And, and just that, that feeling of, uh, numbing the pain that I was experiencing at 13 years old, not having a, mo a mother or father in my life, um, that was just incredible. So I, I just started on that path of always turning to drugs and, and alcohol as well mm -hmm. to numb the reality. Right. You're, you're talking about hard drugs, not not just with marijuana. It, it started with marijuana. But it, it it evolved over the years into um, more serious drugs. Sure. Yeah, peer pressure does have a lot of effect on young people. It certainly does. And your parents uh, were in prison. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? You don't have to tell us uh, everything, but just give us a little idea of what that was about. Yeah, so... Um, my parents, they went to prison when I was nine years old. And of course, I had no idea what was going on. I was really confused, really upset about the whole situation. But as I got older, I, I came to find out that um, they went for drugs. Um, they were doing and selling drugs as well as human trafficking. And this is a, a very... Um, big memory I have of whenever I did live with my parents, um, we would actually go to Mexico and pick up a lot of people, strangers that I didn't know who they were as a family. This was like my mom's primary job and mm. she would bring them across the border illegally. Mm. And I had no idea what was going on. I was just a little girl, but, um, that's another that's another uh charge they got on why they went to prison so they were let me clarify you were they were bringing them across the border for purposes of sex trafficking no no it wasn't sex trafficking oh. they were just um transporting them illegally from mexico into the united states i mean do it somebody was paying them to do that Correct. Right. Okay. Gotcha. So you're nine years old. Your parents are in prison. Uh, what happens to a nine-year-old girl? Uh, what happened to you at that point? So at that point, my it, 
there was only um, four siblings at that at that time, and um, we were in the process of being transferred into foster care when all of that was going on, um, when my parents were being arrested. Um, and luckily, my aunt, who is my mom's sister, she came to the scene and she um, took all four of us in. And at the time, my aunt, she was um, probably at my age, mid-20s, uh, just just a young um, waitress. That's what she did for a living. And, and she's also an illegal resident. She had no... Um, no citizenship because my parents brought her over here illegally as well. Uh-huh. So this young woman who doesn't have any children of her own um, took in four grown children and, and started raising us. Um, well, I should say three of us because my oldest brother at the time was about 17 and kind of has been on his own ever since. Uh Um, But so she took us in and um, her, her upbringing was also very difficult. Um, And she didn't go to church. She just traditionally claimed to be Catholic because it's a very cultural thing in the Hispanic culture but she really didn't go to church. She really didn't read her Bible. Um, so that wasn't a part of uh, our home life with her when she took us in. Uh-huh. A- and again, I, I was experiencing all these big emotions and didn't know how to handle them. And she didn't know how to handle them along with all, everything that she had to take on uh-huh. um, raising three children now. And so none of what I was going through was properly dealt with at all. Yeah. Was it a, that doesn't sound like an enjoyable experience, but was it abusive? No, not with her. She, um, she took good care of us as far as providing for us what we needed, but she worked so much to be able to do that. So Mm -hmm. she was, often absent he wasn't around much because she had to work all the time yeah well kudos for her for stepping in and taking you but it sounds like a very very difficult thing to be single and take in uh three children so exactly yeah so and then how long did you live with her so i actually lived with her till i was going to be a freshman in high school. I was so rebellious. I had just began getting into drugs and alcohol, um, hanging around the, the, the wrong people. And if she wouldn't let me do what I wanted, it would upset me and I would do it anyways. And so I was a very, uh, I was a handful for her. And um, at this exact same time, my dad got out of prison and was transitioning from a halfway house um, to living with my grandmother. So Uh he was in a halfway house for a a little while, and then he he moved in with my grandmother in Arlington, his mother, 
And so I called him and I told him that um, I didn't want to live with my aunt anymore because she essentially because she didn't let me do what I wanted. Yeah. Um, and so he was like, well, I guess you can come live with us. So actually right before um, going into high school, I moved in with my dad at the age of 14, my dad and my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that was probably even worse because my dad was still an alcoholic Mm. and um, he wasn't the dad that I needed when I moved in with him, he was more like a friend. So we would drink together. We would smoke marijuana together. Um, I was still just as wild um, and, and even worse because I was getting older. And so I was um, having a lot of relationships that I shouldn't have had. And um, he, he really didn't know how to handle it either. So he just, let me be and didn't really parent me or be that father that I needed. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you didn't have a lot of parental guidance in your upbringing all the way into high school. And um, then what were your high school years like then? So in high school, like I said, I had no interest in school really. Um, in high school is when I started doing other drugs. Um, every day, really, I would smoke weed just to make it through the day. Um, every weekend, I would party, and, and the party started on Friday and went all the way till Sunday night. So, it it was. It's really it's really a blur because that's all it consisted of. Yeah, yeah. Wild lifestyle. Yeah. Well, someone who grows up like you did without much parenting and then getting into the wrong crowd and doing all the wrong things doesn't sound like your life is going to end up very well. Uh, Did you have any kind of uh, uh, Christian or church influence on you or any interest at all in high school? No, none at all. None. You didn't know any Christians and no one talked to you? I, I feel like I had a few um, classmates that kind of brought up brought up um, God here and there, and my response was always, "Oh, I don't believe in that because I can't see it, so I'm not going to believe in something I can't see." Yeah, and kind of just brushed it off, just never open to hearing about it, and and, and I don't have very many people that that talks to me about it, but I can remember just a couple of times, um, people saying something about God and I was like, Oh, I don't believe in that because I mean, we can't see him. So why would we believe in something we can't see? Yeah. But you did have a turning point in your, um, non-spiritual walk to, to, um, discovering spiritual realities. Can you kind of tell us, uh, how things came. I don't know exactly when did that happen. And you're like, did you graduate from high school? First of all, I did graduate from high school. Thankfully, (laughs) I barely graduated from high school, but I did graduate. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the turning point really happened. um, Let's see. I was 
at 20 years old, my lifestyle of just partying and um, living a wild life continued even after high school. And um, I was working. I did have a job. Um, and then I actually even started college. But again, the lifestyle, the emptiness, the the pain and the suffering all continued uh-huh. till I was about 20 years old. Um, well, let me back it up just a second. Sure. My lifestyle got so wild and out of control. I actually got arrested when I was 19 years old for driving while intoxicated. Hmm. Okay. And so um, that was like a huge wake up call because I did, I got arrested and I didn't stay in jail long. I thankfully got bailed out by my aunt. Um, because actually let me back it up. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's all right. I feel like I'm jumping around a little bit. That's all right. So after high school, my dad moved to Mexico to live with my mom because she got out of prison after it was about 10 years she was in prison and and they took away her citizenship so hmm. she was being deported upon getting out of jail or prison and so he kind of left me with two options he said you know you can come live with us in Mexico or you can go off on your own. And of course I didn't want to go live in Mexico. My life is here in America. So I chose to go off on my own. So I, um, went off on my own and I, that was a a very dark time in my life because I actually, uh, got into sex trafficking myself. Mm. And, um, during that time I was, so alone, so um, just felt, I mean, worthless, really. And I I, I called my aunt and I told her um, that I was feeling so alone, um, that I didn't know what to do with my life. And she told me to come home back to Cleburne to move back in with her. Yeah. I didn't tell her about what I was doing. I just told her how I was feeling. And so I moved back in with her, but again, um the lifestyle continued and then I started going to college, uh a community college here in town. And um then that's when I got arrested for drinking while intoxicated um here in Cleburne and then um, that was an awakening. She bailed me out. Thankfully, I wasn't in jail for long, but I did have to face a trial. And, and in that that time, uh, after getting bailed out of jail, I really didn't have the option to drink or do drugs because I was being tested every week to see um, yeah. if I was doing those things. And so I was left with with another kind of like two options, either I turn away from the drugs and alcohol and I can remain free. Or if I continue the drugs and alcohol, I'll end up going back to jail till my trial and then probably prison. Mm -hmm. So 
it was a miracle really, but I decided to, to stop drinking and stop doing drugs because just being in jail for a very short amount of time was, like I said, just such an, a, a rude awakening, mm-hmm. such a scary place, such a, a feeling of just like worthlessness. And, and I knew I'd, I didn't belong there. So that was really a miracle for me to choose um, to turn away from what I knew, the only thing I knew in, in my lifestyle. But um, it well, wasn't easy. It was really hard. And so you're at what age now when you stopped? So that the- was at 19 years old. Okay. So at that time. Can I, I back up for in- one second about the sex yeah, trafficking? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah a, no problem. I'm assuming that was a, a financial decision because you just needed money to live on. It wasn't a forced yes. decision, a decision forced on you by someone else. Uh, no, uh, it was a financial de- decision because I was now at that moment, um, on my own 18 years old, uh, you know, had really n- no idea on what direction I was heading in life. And so, yeah, the money sounded, yeah, yeah it, it was really just all a scheme though, just that the, the money part of it is actually why I I started doing it because it just sounded so appealing, the amount of money that could be made. Um, And me not having anything or anyone, it was like, why not? Yeah. But after, after it might, it was probably a, a few months of, of doing that. I was just so, empty and alone and i i didn't want to continue doing that anymore of course and i think a lot of of people don't they may realize but so many people in in the sex trade are are just trying to put a get a a meal their next meal or their next drug fix it's a it's a financial decision has nothing really to do with sex i don't think but um so you you are out of jail now, and yes. uh, your life is not really turned around significantly. You're still feeling lonely and um, yes. guilty, but you have stopped doing drugs. So what, what happens next? Yeah, so I, at that point in my life, I, I was in a relationship, and um, my relationship was unhealthy. Uh, I was physically abusive because that's what I saw as a child. So I Mm -hmm. thought that was normal. And um, my significant other um, had his baggage as well. So, um, and we were living together at the time. And so we had an unhealthy relationship and um, he decided that he wanted to leave me. And that was like so devastating. It just brought my world um, crashing down. Um, uh, I had struggled with depression for a very long time. And so that was like, okay, I'm going to go into another, uh, um, I'm going to go into like another serious depressed, um, just episode, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, 
I um, was alone in my room all by myself in the midst of this, of him telling me like, he's going to leave me because, because he didn't come home for three days. Mm. Um, and, and so I was just so devastated and heartbroken and just feeling abandoned again, um, which is like a feeling I experienced almost all my life uh, with my dad leaving when, when, um, I graduated high school and with my parents going, going to prison when I was really little, you know, and right. so it was that, that feeling of being abandoned again. And, um, I, I could, I couldn't turn to drugs and alcohol, which was always my answer whenever I was feeling depressed or, or, um, just, that was what I would turn to, to be numbed from the realities of what right. I was going through. And so I was alone in my room by myself. It was dark and I just felt my world crumbling down. And I, I it's really hard to explain. It's a miracle really how this happened, but I did something that I had never in my life before done and I decided to speak out into an empty room where no one was there with me and just say, if someone is out there listening to me, I need your help because I can no longer do this anymore. I can't do this. And I'd never done anything like that in my life before, but I was just at such a dark place where I truly just couldn't anymore. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I experienced a feeling uh, that I had never experienced in my life before, but just such peace and comfort and just the sense that everything was going to be okay. And it was incredible, really, because I thought, how is this even possible when I'm going just through everything that I've been through, nothing has really been good. How is it even possible to feel okay at my deepest, darkest time of my life? And so the next day I woke up and I was like, wow, like I'm okay. Like everything's okay. You're still feeling How peace. How is this possible? Yeah, the next day. But to but be still- clear, you were crying out in a dark room to you didn't even know who was listening i mean you didn't weren't necessarily praying to jesus or didn't know really about him i'm assuming correct exactly so the next day i woke up i'm sorry go ahead no 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 go ahead i'm just telling you to go ahead what you wake up thank you yeah yeah Yeah, the next day i wake up and i'm like still feeling okay still feeling peace about the situation of of my boyfriend leaving me and and not having drugs and alcohol to turn to and just I just like everything's going to be okay and and I was so amazed at how that was even possible so I, I had this desire to find out why is this happening to me how is this even possible and so another miracle happened I did something that I had never in my life done before. 
and I turned to the Bible for answers. I got um, my phone and I typed in the Bible app and I decided to download it to my phone and just start reading because I felt like led to look there for answers, which was, I mean, incredible because I, again, never opened a Bible, never knew what was in a Bible, never, I, I mean, it was a miracle, really. So, you, yeah, so it's amazing. You have this Bible. So how do you know where to read? What did you do? So, yeah, I downloaded the Bible app on my phone, and I I was reading a lot of devotionals because I didn't really know what to read or what to do, but I knew I wanted to find answers. So I, I started doing um, the daily devotionals that they have on the Bible app. And they have like um, topics like uh, uh, fear or depression or love and hope, like different topics of Mm -hmm. devotionals on the Bible app. And so I I was looking through all of that. And so I I chose one and I, I just started reading. And as I was reading, I started learning so much about um, forgiveness and a man named Jesus and um, how he offers forgiveness to those who um, are broken, and he offers hope to people who have no hope. And I and I was just so amazed that it was to the point where I was reading every day, just reading and learning about the Bible and Jesus and his love he had to offer me. And so that's really where the spiritual turning point was in my life. Okay. So yeah, you're, you're discovering things about, about Jesus and you're, of course, have lived the life. You've accumulated a lot of guilt and loneliness and, and depression, and you feel these things starting to lift. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I had a new hope that I had never had before just by uh, reading the Bible and learning all these things and learning about hope. Right. And so did, is there a point at time when you came into contact with other Christians? Yes. So um, I had a friend who, uh, it was a mutual friend of, of mine and the boyfriend that I had the um, dramatic breakup with. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I to- I was telling him about um, like what had happened to me um, as far as uh, turning to the Bible and wanting to learn more. And I told him that um, I wanted to look for a church. Um, because I felt like I could be able to learn more and, and dig deeper into the Bible um, if I went to church, which <laughs> that's kind of another miracle in itself, really, because I, I had no idea what it really was like going to church or what a church even was about. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like I needed to find a church. And he said, um, well, I know of a good church. Like, I'll take you. And I was like, OK, sure. 
So we came one Sunday morning to Cleveland Bible Church, and um, I walk in not knowing really what to expect. Um, We go into the service, and again, I feel this overwhelming sense of peace Mm -hmm. and comfort, and like I was where I needed to be. And um, the pastor was preaching, which I think you know him, uh, Pastor Don Hunt. Um, He was preaching that Sunday. (laughs) Do you know him? Yeah, I know Don. Yes. Okay. Um, So he was preaching that Sunday and he went over, um, he was going over Matthew, uh, Matthew 5 about salt and light. And he uh, read verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill can't be hidden. And when he read that verse and I heard those words for the first time, I just knew that my life was meant for so much more than what I had been living it for Mm -hmm. and that I had a purpose and that I didn't have to do the things that I was doing just to be okay that I had so much more out there that I could do and be okay and it was just like an an incredible just awakening within me and so after that experience I continued to come to that church and I've really been there ever since Mm What did you find out about uh, what Jesus has done for you that has made a difference in your your life? Yeah, so he sacrificed his entire life to cleanse me of my sins, of all those um, deep, dark things that I once did. He died um, so that all those things I did and even the things that I continue to do, because obviously I'm not perfect, right? but so that I can be forgiven of that. And and it was a process for me to learn that. Um, But I, since all of my story that I have shared, I've since then put my full faith and trust in Jesus and what he did on the cross for me and my sins. I don't know. Have you been able to to uh, think about the word grace or study it? And, and if so, what does it mean to you today? Yeah. So grace to me is everything really. Um, It's by the grace of God that I have been saved from my sins. It's by um, the grace of God that I can live a, a normal life. And I say that because it's really not a normal life, but to say what is a normal life? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. But to say that I don't have to, um, I don't have to have drugs and alcohol just to make it every day. I don't have to, um, be violent when I'm angry. Um, because of the grace of God, he has transformed me into a completely new creation because sitting here telling you about the person 
that I once was is not at all the person I am today. I'm a complete new creation. Amen. Excuse me. That's all right. That's all right. I hear the emotion in your voice and uh, it's it's uh, rightly deserved to understand what your past was like and then to become a new creation and all of that. Let, let me ask you something. Have, have you ever, having gone through so much and been abandoned so many times, did you ever look back from this position now and be angry that God let you go through that? Uh, no, not at all. I um, look back and I, I, I don't know. I, I just think that um, I went through those things for a reason. And in going through all of that is where is what led me to hit rock bottom and to look up and, and search for something more, something greater. So I, I think all of it really, truly happened for a reason. And, and I also think that um, going through all of that and, and growing from it will allow me to share my story with other young girls who um, might be going through something similar um, and, and to share my story and give them hope. Has he opened up any opportunities for you to do that? with younger oh, people most definitely uh-huh. most definitely i have um been working in the student ministry at my church for um the past three years now actually and um, wonderful i i share my story often with uh the girls that i work with and every time uh, they're just blown away and i and i hope that it gives them hope to know that um that they're not alone so that's great. That's excellent that you're sharing and passing that grace on to others. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, a word that keeps coming up in your testimony is that you're abandoned, abandoned, abandoned. And then you come to know Jesus Christ as your savior. Have you ever felt abandoned by him? Not at all. Well, <clears throat> I haven't necessarily felt abandoned by him but um after becoming a believer doesn't mean that um there's no longer adversity in your life so i have still faced adversity and heartaches um and so at times i have questioned like um you know why 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 do i have to experience pain but in the end i still have jesus i still have his love i still have his forgiveness and everything's gonna be okay you don't ever feel like he's given up on you not not necessarily no and we all have difficulties and and pain in life which makes us sometimes feel a little bit alienated from God, but you know, Romans eight says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And, uh, he loves us. He loves us through all of that. Um, that's That's his wonderful promise. He never gives up on us. And it's, it's so exciting to hear how he's transformed your life. Um, I wonder what you would say to somebody who's listening, who feels some of the same emotions you felt or lived in the same conditions of, um, neglect, abandonment uh, or uh, guilt from things that they wrong choices that they made 
what, what would you briefly, what would you say to them to give them some hope? I would say that um, there is no sin, no wrongdoing that the blood of Jesus will not cover, because that's exactly the whole point and purpose of why he died. Uh, he he horrifically. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm searching for a word. Um, he uh, suffered. He suffered horrifically on the cross um, for every single sin. Um, so your deepest, darkest secret that you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so ashamed because I did that. It it it's not. It's not anything that he cannot forgive. He forgives the worst of the worst. He had two sinners next to him on the cross. And to one of them, he said, surely for this day, you will be in heaven with me. Even after all the horrific things that that guy did, because he trusted or, or excuse me, he, he believed that Jesus was indeed the son of God. And because of that, um, Jesus promised him hope and eternal life. And so that promise can be yours as well. If you just simply believe that Jesus has died on the cross for all of your sins, not just for the little ones, but the big ones as well. And, and Jesus is for, um, people who have no hope because I had no hope, but he was there for me. Mm. And so if he can be there for me, he can be there for anyone. So, so if you have no hope, Jesus can provide you a new hope. Unlike you've ever had before. You just simply have to turn to him and he can give that to you. Well, those are such great words. And I hope that, Someone hears that message that no matter how deeply you've dug yourself into a hole, God's grace and love is deeper still, and he can change you, give you a new purpose in life. He rose from the dead, so he's alive today, and he can live inside of you if you believe in him as your savior and the one who paid for your sins. Um, yeah. I think somebody's going to hear that, and it's going to make a difference in their lives. Adriana, it's been a blessing to talk to you and to hear your story, the full story, the first time myself. It's amazing uh, where you have come from and where you are now. Uh, you're truly what I would call a trophy of grace. Uh, and Thank before, you. <laughs> well, it's just it's a miracle. You're a miracle. And uh, God, that's I what mean. God does. That's what God does, though. So it, just a final word from you about anything. Um, that's an open question. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would just say, uh, I, I just really want to agree and then emphasize, cause I don't think I've emphasized enough, but, um, Jesus is the only person who can transform someone into a completely new person. And, and I say this because, um, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, some people never change. Some people never change. Mm -hmm. 
but with Jesus, you can change. And I just really want to emphasize on that because I've, I experienced that completely. So, and it's not a matter of, (laughs) it's not a matter of you trying to, to discipline yourself to change. It's, it's doing it with the power and the grace of the Lord that changes you from the inside out, not from just from the outside in. Right. Right. He's the only one that can change you. Right. Yep. Well, Adrian, it's been a blessing. Uh, we want to thank you so much for your time and for your story that will uh, be heard by many, many people. And I think it's going to change a lot of people's uh, outlook on uh, how, what direction they're going and how much God does love them. So uh, God bless you. And thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Yes, it's an honor. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Adriana, you have a you have a good day and, and God bless you. And I know God's going to keep doing wonderful things through you as you sh- share your story. And he shows you more and more your purpose for life. Thank you so much. You have a great day as well. Thank you. Well, Adriana's story is fascinating, isn't it? And it's so good to see that she's doing well today. You know, I believe God hears prayers. And he's not obligated to answer all prayers, but he said that he will answer prayers that are prayed in Jesus' name. But sometimes he just answers out a call for help. When we reach the end of ourselves and we have nowhere to turn. The Bible says in Romans 10:13, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you ask God to help you from a sincere heart, he will be there. He proved his love for us when he gave his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. And then he rose from the dead so that he could offer us eternal life today. But it's a gift. It's not something you can work for or work towards or earn. You have to receive it with open hands and receive it as a gift. So if you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, believe what he's done for you today and accept that gift of eternal life. God loves you that much. And that's a prayer he'll always answer. Lord, please give me eternal life through Jesus Christ. If you've enjoyed these great stories, please subscribe to our channel and give us a good rating so that other people will hear the podcast as well. Until next time, grace and peace. Thank you for listening. For more resources, or to help spread the message of God's life-changing grace, visit our website at gracelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a message at simplybygrace@gracelife.org. at gracelife.org. See you next time.